Are you a highly ambitious person and you have such a drive to the point to where you're running over your family, you're running over your health, but you really want to get to a place where your ambition is under control? Then my friend today in this video going to talk about the price of success and how it has a high cost. But for those who are watching me for the very first time, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching, you'll be like, man, like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach line. But for those who've been rocking me for a mighty long time, I say thank you so much for watching. But let's get right into the point. The scripture that I want to kind of lay the foundation with is Philippians 2.3. It says, do nothing. No matter what career, no matter what path you're on, it says do nothing. Whether it's relationship or parenting, no matter what it is, it says do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility... Count others more significant than yourselves. That verse right there is so paramount. It says, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your ambitions are, no matter what you're going after, no matter what success that you're endeavoring to pursue, do nothing from selfish ambition. But in your ambitious pursuits, it says, with humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Meaning that when you look at your family, look at your wife, your husband, your children, count them more significant than you. No matter what your ambitions are, when you count them more significantly than you, then you balance you out. You balance your ambition. And when you begin to process that, it's because the Bible also talks about that. What profits a man or a woman if they gain this whole world but lose their soul? Let's add some more to that. But lose their family, lose their health, lose their legacy. What profits? And a lot of high achieving, high fulfilling individuals, entrepreneurs, executives, career pursuers, are out there ambitiously pursuing success partially. See, God wants you to be holistically successful. God wants you to be in a place where every account is full. He wants to make sure that your family is full, your health is full, your legacy is full. He wants you to be in a place where you're constantly in a never-ending reservoir of being full of what you're feeling. And a lot of people are using all their energy, which was meant to be delegated and distributed to their family, distributed to their walk with God, distributed to all these different places. But they're allowing all of their energy to be aimed at an ambition that only guarantees regret. But let's get to some more points. Let's define what selfish ambitions is so that we can better understand. We're going to talk about also three negative effects of selfish ambition and three ways why we must drive God's speed limit. But the definition of selfish ambition is selfish ambition refers to a strong desire or drive to pursue one's own personal interests, goals or achievements without considering or valuing the well-being, needs, or aspirations of others. It often involves a self-centered focus and a disregard for the potential negative impact on others or the greater good. This happens all the time. A lot of people, single or married, no matter who or what they're involved in, can sometimes be so overwhelmed with drive, overwhelmed with ambition, to the point to where they start cultivating a character, cultivating an attitude, cultivating a disposition, and there's a lot of men that do that, a lot of women that do that, where they'll 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 consider that they're providers, but they're not priests. They're providers, but they're not uh, in tune with their family's emotions. And so the issue is they're ambitious and they'll articulate boldly that, hey, I provided you with a, a, a Christian education or I provided you with private school education. I provided you, provide it, provide it. But the issue is in order to count others significant, you got to see their significance. 
And when you already know that you, so your significance come from Christ and you understand how significant you are in other people's life, then you will begin to count them significantly more than you to balance you out. But so many people right now are after achievements that, that, that won't have no full eternal gain. And how many people are pursuing, profiting, very successful in business? You're watching right now. You're very successful. Have a lot of money. But how's your family? How's your how's your health? When you if you were to die today, how would your legacy ring? How will it how will it be heard? Well, will people be looking at the front row and seeing your wife uh, 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 not really mourning your children? That seem like they're bothered because you wasn't a father or that you wasn't a mother or that you wasn't near. And so it says that a selfish, ambitious person has strong desires or drive to pursue one's own personal interests, goals or achievements excuse me, without considering or valuing the well-being needs or aspirations. So right now you have to scale your life back to scale everybody up. You have to consider the well-being of your wife. That's why the enemy has constructed these careers to care less about the family. He has constructed these careers and, and fueled people and fueled people with such ambitions to a point to where they're not trying to listen to God, listen to the needs of their family, and then all of a sudden find themselves missing an eternity with God. And so we have to understand this message, even me, to make sure that I'm not ambitiously pursuing something beyond my family's needs. And that's something that we have to understand. Let's continue. Now, here are three damaging effects of selfish ambition. Number one, drain or damaged or drained relationships, strained relationships. Selfish ambition often leads to a disregard for the needs and well-being of others. This constrained relationships as individuals driven by selfish ambition may prioritize their own interests and goals at the expense of meaningful connections. The issue is a lot of people sacrifice meaningful connections and then try to have a meaningful connection later. But now that person doesn't feel like they mean anything to you for years. So how can they have a full of meaning to connect with you? And what I don't want to happen is that that I have a meaningful connection with you. Meaningful connection on YouTube, meaningful connection to you all on my podcast, but I don't have a meaningful connection to my wife and daughter. And so we got to make sure that we're not so ambitious that we're straining our relationships, causing people feel like they do not they, that they do not mean anything to us. It says uh, trust and genuine care for others may erode, causing strain and distance in personal and professional relationships. Next, ethical compromise. Selfish ambition can tempt individuals <clears throat> to engage in unethical or immoral behavior to achieve their desired outcomes. Their relentless pursuit of personal gain without district or without regard for ethical boundaries can lead to deceit, manipulation, and exploitation of others. These actions not only harm others, but also damages one's own moral character or reputation. So we see that when someone is so desperately desiring selfishly ambitious to pursue a particular achievement, then they'll cut corners. They won't adhere to ethical boundaries, therefore stifling and suffocating their, their reputation and integrity. Next, lack of fulfillment and inner discontent. Paradoxically, selfish ambition often fails to provide true fulfillment and inner contentment. The constant striving for personal success and validation can leave individuals feeling empty and unsatisfied as they are never able to attain a sense of genuine happiness. The focus solely on self-centered goals and achievements neglects deeper sources of joy and purpose derived from genuine connections, 
personal growth, and making a positive impact on others and the world. So we see when it's all about you and you have all the money in the world and you're pursuing these things selfishly, then ultimately, paradoxically, you won't be able to feel true fulfillment that comes from serving others through being served gifts and talents that we should post a deposit into the world. So we see that three negative effects of selfish ambition, and you got to make sure, and I got to make sure that we're constantly assessing our hearts, that we're not doing anything for selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, counting others more significant than ourselves. That doesn't mean that we don't see ourselves significant. We just say that what we, what we deem significant that we shouldn't deem significant should not cause me not to see the significance in others. Now, let's talk about three reasons why we must drive God's speed limit and not be overwhelmed with drive. Just about a couple of hours ago, I was on my Mindset Mastery program. Uh, a great, great community of people, 14 of us in there, really hammering out, shifting our mindsets so that we can set ourselves up for success in our purposes. Very powerful a community. If you want to learn more about that Mindset Mastery program, it's a hybrid program of mindset and purpose, then check out the link in the description box. Or, or or wherever the, the comment section and uh, look up the link mycoachjosh.com forward slash mindset mastery. But that mindset mastery program, we talked about drive and how oftentimes people are so driven that they drive beyond God's speed limit. And we talked about how God sets speed limits throughout certain paths of our lives to slow us down or to speed us up or to keep us at a steadily pace. But we see that, that those uh, stops, those uh, speed limit signs, they don't make you go the speed limit. They just tell you the speed limit. And why do you think God has speed limits on different paths of our lives? Because he knows the curves. He knows that certain roads up ahead and certain curves, if we do not adhere to the speed limit, our, the velocity of our vehicles are not going to be able to handle the, the curvature of the, of the path. And there are certain areas of life that you can't speed by. <clears throat> there are certain curves in your wife's life that you just can't speed by. There are certain curves in your husband's life that you just can't speed by. There are certain curves in your children's life that you can't speed by. That's why you have to say, okay, God, what's the speed limit for my life right now? How fast should I go? And when you understand that the speed limits of life, then you will adhere to them. That's why it's important to say, okay, God, I'm going at your pace. I'm going at your pace, God, because I want to be able to say that, that I'm driving the speed limit through the significance of the people in my life to make sure that I'm not so ambitious that I forget about their needs, not considering their needs or not being present in these. Because oftentimes the reason why we rush, the reason why we speed is because we don't feel believe that God will meet our needs. So we speed because we don't think that God's going to meet our needs. And we, that his grace is not sufficient, so we speed. And sometimes throughout life, you be, we become so ambitious that we speed past key areas of our family's lives, key areas of the people in our lives' lives. So let me ask you this question. Who are you speeding by that needs you to slow down? How many people have you ran over because you're trying to get over to the other side? God cares about the speed of your life, and speed is predicated on your trust in him. Now, let's talk about uh, three things. Three reasons why we must drive God's speed limit and not be overwhelmed with drive. Number one, divine guidance. Driving at God's speed limit allows us to align our actions with divine guidance. By trusting in God's timing and plan, we open ourselves to receive guidance and direction that can lead us towards the right path. It helps us avoid rushing ahead or getting overwhelmed by the pressures of life. 
allowing us to move in accordance with God's will. See, there's a big difference between your will, God's will, and the demon's will for your life. And so in order to find God's will for your life, you have to give God the will of your life. Oftentimes we want God to be our Michelin tires, but we don't want God to be the steering wheel. See, we are supposed to be the tires and we go where God says or how wherever God turns the steering wheel, that's where our wheels turn. But oftentimes we want God to be the Michelin tires and God said, I'm not, that's not me. That's not what I do. And the world will speed you up. That's why you can't compare your life to other people's lives because not everybody's driving at God's speed limit. So you understand on, on the path of life, depending on certain roads people drive, the speed limit is for everyone. And the issue is people speed because when you speed, you don't necessarily always get caught. A police may not ever, not always get you when you speed, but God's grace is efficient. God's mercy is so sufficient. He says, hey, you may speed now, I may not get caught, but I'm giving you an opportunity to slow down. But if you don't slow down, life will catch you. Life will catch up with you. Your daughter going to catch up with you. Speeding past your daughter, she'll catch up with you. Speeding past your son, he'll catch up with you. Speeding past the pace of your marriage or the speed of your marriage will catch up with you. And it's going to catch up with you in the way that pulls you over. And now you definitely not getting to destination because you're now on the side of the road because certain things in life caught up with you. But when you understand and when we understand that God guides us and that God knows what's best for us, that God can redeem the time, that promotion doesn't come from east to west from God, that we don't have to gain uh, like the world gains because the world gains temporarily. Actually, the, the world's supposed to toil for us, for the wealth of the wicked is later for the just. We're supposed to be the wise ones to be able to manage their wealth and for their wealth to be transferred to us. And so when we understand that, then we understand there's a pace. <clears throat> when we understand that, then we understand that we don't have to drop recklessly. So God wants to guide you. Because where God guides, God provides. Let's keep going. Embracing peace and trust. Driving at God's speed limit brings a sense of peace and trust. Here we go. When we let go of the need to control every aspect of our lives and surrender to God's timing, we cultivate a deep sense of trust in his wisdom and guidance. This trust allows us to release the overwhelming urge to constantly push forward and instead find peace in the present moment. Knowing that God is leading us in the right direction. I love the word urge. Not, uh, not all urges are urgent. We've made urges, natural urges, we made them urgent. And now we are emerging into emergencies. Because we made urges, urges urgency. And we also see here, it says, and instead find peace in the present moment. So nobody wants, no, God doesn't want no riders with him that's always asking him, are we there yet? Imagine riding with someone, we've all been there, where people were impatient in the vehicle and they seem like they care more about the destination than the driver. God says, don't care so much, you don't care too much about the destination that you lose care and awe and love towards the one that's driving. And so if you're allowing God to drive your life, be content and present in the present moment because you'll be surprised being present for your children, being present for your family, being present in the presence of God has such a presence about itself that it becomes a present to those around us. And then us being a present, then what they present to us after we have presented ourselves present uh, as a present becomes a gift to us. And so we got to say, okay, God, however long. Right now in ministry and entrepreneurship right now, I'm at God's speed limit. There's a lot of people speeding by, successful, people getting a lot of great things or whatever. But at the end of the day, God knows the right way. 
And so when we understand that, we'll go at his pace. Last but not least, and we're done. Emphasizing balance and well-being. Driving at God's speed limit reminds us of the importance of balance and well-being. It encourages us to prioritize self-care, rest, and reflection. When we are constantly in overdrive, we risk burnout and losing sight of what truly matters. By embracing God's speed limit, we honor our physical, mental, and emotional well-being, as well as spiritual, ensuring that we are equipped to live in a purposeful and fulfilling life. Life is long. This journey is too long to be burnt out. Imagine driving 100 miles an hour on a, on a cross-country trip. You're going to burn your engine. You're going to mess up something. And God understands. He says, man, hey, balance yourself out. Rest. People, you hear the messages all throughout the 2000s, 19, the 90s or whatnot, how people say, I'll rest when I'm dead. I'll sleep when I'm dead. That's dumb. Rest is, 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 is part of life. If it wasn't, God wouldn't have rested. See, God didn't need to rest, but God is a person that leads by example. So he says, I'm going to rest so I can show you how to rest. And I gave you my son. I gave you my best so that you could find rest in him. And not no need to be restless, knowing that your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being is more essential than the potential you're chasing. And so who are you driving by? Who are you speeding by? Because whoever you speed by now that needs you to sit a while, you will end up being slowed down eventually. And if you're at a place right now where you say, coach, man, I want to get to a place where I'm at pace with God. That my mindset has changed. It's shifted to be at peace and to be at a place where I trust him, at a place where I adhere to a speed limit. And you say, hey, man, not only do I want to be successful financially or to sustain my financial success, but I want to be holistic successful, then I want you to respond. I want you to go to my website, mycoachjosh.com. And I want you to get a part and look at my mindset mastery program. Check it out because a lot of us have our mindset shifted in the wrong directions and we need to get back on track. Also, I have a special five day mid year momentum purpose challenge, five days for free. And if you want paid options, there's paid options available for extra resources and, and, and tools that will expedite the process for you. But if there's something that you say, hey, coach, I am in a mid year slump. Actually, I have no drive. Coach, I got too much drive. And if you really want to get to a place where you find the momentum and the pace that God wants you to be on so that you can redeem the year that the enemy was trying to steal, then check out our, our five-day um, mid-year momentum. I will fulfill purpose challenge. Get in there right now. And we start Monday. But if you need some help, a, a 90 days of, of walking with having someone walk with you, to help shift your mindset and have it shift onto purpose and seeing the purposes of being a husband, the purpose of being a wife, the purpose of being a single, the purposes of every different things and having the right mindset to navigate it. And check out my mindset mastery program. Fill out the application below and I'll reach out to you soon. So let's see what kind of questions we have. I pray y'all was blessed by this. I got to get through this real quickly because it's getting pretty late. Crystal uh, Redeem says, my husband filed for divorce. I signed the papers. He was gambling, trying to follow the path of peace, so didn't fight him. We don't have kids, only married a year and a few months. Pray for me. Praying for you right now. Lord, we thank you so much for Crystal. You said because of the hardness of man's heart, it was not your will from the beginning, but you made way for divorce. And Father, I pray right now, Father, you'll give them inner peace. 
and you will begin to help her navigate this season. Lord, I, pray, I come against any type of uh, condemnation, shame, guilt, embarrassment. Father, I thank you, Lord, for peace overshadowing her, helping her navigate this season, Lord. And we believe it is so, and we appreciate you, Father. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Living Andrew says, so how long will we have to wait to not be lost? Great question. Well, when you follow the boss, you never lost. And so waiting becomes a joy when you're waiting. See, the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Waiting on anybody doesn't renew strength. Like if I'm sitting in this chair waiting on somebody, it doesn't renew my strength. But if I wait and serve God as a waiter or a waitress, then as I'm serving God in my purpose and I'm serving God for God to be glorified through my life, I will begin to find my strength renewed. And so if you're waiting for God to make things happen versus waiting on God and making things happen, then my friend, you're going to feel those feelings of how long. But if you long to if you long to serve God and you long to glorify him in your present moment in life and you long to do that, you don't mind how long because you're loving the one your heart truly longs for. Hope that. Travis says, can you send the link? Yeah, I'll send a link for you. Give me one second, family. I'll send you the, uh, the challenge link and I'll send you the mindset mastery link. Here's the momentum link. And here is Mindset Mastery. Make sure. Okay, here we go. And here's the Mindset Mastery link. So check it out. Fill out the applications. Get in there today. We start Monday. And if you want to be a part of the Mindset uh, um, program, then my friend, hop in there. Jazz, what's up, family? He says, I gave my life to God and he took away all my friends, isolated me in a new land. At times, I feel like a loser. You're not a loser. You may lose things, but just because you lost some things doesn't mean you're a loser. Because if I gain God and lose everything else, it was worth the gain. And he took those friends away and isolated you so that you can get to know him personally, which then leads you to get to know yourself personally. And then you can be the person you need to be to serve the people that God has called you to serve. So if you allow your mindset to think that you're a loser, then you're going to look at God as someone not worth following. And so now you have to deal with your heart on why you feel like you need friends more than God, because friendship with God sets you up to have good friendships in life. Hold on. And if you're not a good friend to God, then you won't be a good friend to yourself. Therefore, you won't be friendly enough to welcome the friendship that God wants you to have. And then you'll really lose in life because you lost your sense of awe for God. Hope that helps. Love y'all. Pray y'all was blessed by this. I'll catch y'all next time. Check out the links in the description box below. Oh man, I forget about, forgot about the books. Make sure you check out my latest book, Multi-Purpose, How to Find and Fulfill Your Purposes in Life. Great resource there. Check out our merch. I'm wearing it right now. Well done. Check out our merch. Well done. That's that's the, uh, the, uh, the movement behind the programs. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, check out this book, The Purpose of Freedom. How to uh, untie soul ties, uru strongholds. If you're looking at someone right now, or a situation right now, you don't know if it's a counterfeit or a counterpart, then this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, will help you better discern the will of God for your life. Uh, also, if you're looking for a book that uh, help you overcome toxic feelings so you can get back to fulfilling your purpose, this book, Facts Over Feelings, is a great workbook for you. If you're looking for a resource to help you hold the things in your life better and you want to get to a greater sense of wholeness, this book, The Holding Journal, will be a great resource for you. 
if you're struggling in your singleness or you just want to maximize it and better understand the purpose of it, then check out this book, The Purpose of Singleness. If you're in a relationship or single or date or married, this dating prep book will be a great resource to make sure you and the one that you want to date for the rest of your life are on the same page. So dating prep is a great book for you. If you're struggling with spiritual warfare, you want to better understand the whole armor of God. This book, World War Me, will be a great resource for you. If you have a young person that says, hey, they need some good wise sayings uh, that they can read over and over again to apply in their life. This book, as he says, would be a great resource for them. And my first book, Unplug, all that good stuff is available now all on my website, mycoachjosh.com. Card games, all that uh, good stuff. And so thank y'all so much. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Peace.